Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage. Building experiences that connect, remove friction, and deliver insights. I'm Ed Class with my friend and co-host Ron Baker and folks on today's show, 2022, the year in review. At least it's going to rhyme this year, Ron. It rhymes this year. We had a little <laughs> internal rhyme, 2022, the year in True. review. True. I feel rusty, Ed, man. It's been three weeks. I know. I know. I think that that might be the first time that we've done two consecutive weeks off ever since we've been doing this show. I think that's the first time we've ever done two weeks off. I think you're right. I think you're right. It certainly feels that way. Yeah. But it's, I mean, just the way the holidays felt, it was weird. It would have been weird to do a show either one of those days. So we just decided right. to, to, to go with, with some some encore presentations, which we hope you enjoyed, and especially the back-to-back weeks of Greg Kite and and the auditing Santa episode that yes. was uh, on, especially, on the 23rd. So. Especially for the Patreon members who pay not to hear Greg Kite. Yeah. Got a double dose of him. <laughs> Got a double dose. <laughs> My double dad, dose. by the way, watched his, well, he watched the trailer to the Drunk Ethics uh-huh. said it was absolutely hysterical because apparently yeah. in the trailer, you know, they, they show him taking all seven shots or whatever <laughs> over you. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, this has been a tradition of ours, Ron, for quite some time. I didn't go back and see if, we, we've, if we've done this every year, uh, a year in review. And I th- think when we first started doing this, it was a combined thing where it was the a year in review and, and, and best books. And then it kind of evolved into two separate shows. So we have our, our year in review today, and then next week we're going to do our, our best books of 2022. Right, which is always one of my favorite because it's so hard to come up with because uh, we kind of narrowed it down to five. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, 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 I've narrowed it down to 10, Ed. So <laughs> I, I think we might have to do five on the bonus show. The well, that's five. fine. That's so, fine. We, something we can like do that. the other five on the bonus show. All right, Ron. Well, uh, let's, let's get to the 2022, the year in review. And I'm going to start with what I think, and we're curious as to what you think, was the the most important technology story of 2022. Oh, wow. most important, the most important innovation, and, and maybe even the most important story, positive story, let's call it, of 2022. And, and I'm going to call this the what happened in October, and that was when NASA proved that it can deflect an asteroid. Oh, okay. I, I, I think that might be one of the most important things that happened in 2022 from a historical perspective, because, mm-hmm. you know, now that we know that we can do that, that's pretty important. That's a pretty important thing from a, from a species standpoint. That's interesting. You know, I was thinking it was, uh, I guess I was thinking more pedestrian, not so much future, but just uh, Elon Musk's Starlink to the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's really enabled them to fight that war in a different way and defend mm-hmm. themselves quite effectively. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty amazing. You know, the, the issue here though is, is that uh, NASA estimates that it only is tracking about 40% of the potential 
asteroids that could be large enough to cause calamity if they were to hit Earth. Now, I still think that that's a pretty large number considering that the the, the possibility mm-hmm. of, of one that's that large enough in actually being on a trajectory to hit Earth is is still relatively low. So we've got a lot of time to, I mean, if you think about that, 40%, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good number. And that was the other thing that happened this year from a space is the, the James Webb telescope, which I don't know if they'll do this, but they, I certainly think that would, would since because it's so, so high intensity and the ability to magnify that perhaps they can use that in combination uh, with uh, what we know about asteroids to um, to, to increase the, the percentage that we can track. So couple that with the fusion story that we had out of the. Uh... Lawrence well, Livermore. see, it, that was that had to be up there. Fusion was up there as I was going through this, but I, I'm still I'm still not totally convinced on the fusion thing. I've read a couple it, of things either way that kind of like, it, yeah, it, they're no, kind of hedging on this one. They, still. they are. The economists <laughs> poured cold water all over it. Said once you tally up all the energy, it's mm-hmm. not net positive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're you're right to be skeptical about that. Um, you know, the economists did sum up the year. They said, you know, why 2022 mattered. And they said some years bring disorder, others a resolution. This year asked questions. And I thought that was kind of an interesting way to think about the year because sure. a, a lot of, I mean, just a lot of things. Huh? I mean, obviously Russian, Russia invading Ukraine, uh, you know, and, and the refugees that that caused both externally and internally within the country. Um and then the hundreds of thousands of young men who left Russia, mm-hmm. you know, to avoid the draft and uh, Finland and Sweden applied to NATO and um, Britain, the year of two monarchs, three prime ministers and four chancellors. <laughs> I mean, get out the head of lettuce, right? Yeah, I mean, which yeah. one's going to last longer? And of course, Queen Elizabeth passing away. Uh, we had the truckers protest in Canada. We had Xi Jinping secure a third term as, you know, lifelong leader or whatever. Uh, we had resurgence of inflation. Roe v. Wade was overturned and protests started in Iran. So a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, the economist every year does its country of the year, which is always really interesting because mm-hmm. it's usually some small country and they look at like economic growth and they look at, uh, you know, did they change their political environment, become more free market, free trade, that type of thing. And they said this year it has to be Ukraine. It oh, has to be without Ukraine because of the heroism of its people and for standing up to a bully. Mm-hmm. I don't need a ride. I need ammo. And and Ed, they also uh, the Oxford. You probably know this. The Oxford Dictionary's Word of the Year contest. Mm-hmm. Now this is a poll they do of the public. So I okay. thought that was interesting. But the word of the year, and and it's not really a word, but it's called Goblin Mode. Okay. A state in which people indulge their laziest or most selfish habits. <laughs> Goblin okay. mode. And That's... the guy who the guy who writes about this in the Economist guy named Johnson, it's his he does a word column and he's his word of the year even though he doesn't like the way it's coined is hybrid work. And he said because it's going to reshape cities, careers, family life and free time. And I thought that was pretty pretty good argument. Well, the the, the word of the we, year, hate, we hate it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't like that either. The, the, I, I the Merriam-Webster does a similar thing too. They have a hmm. whole they have a whole bunch, and their word of the year was gaslighting. Okay, gaslighting. 
So then this is this is, of course, the act or practice of grossly misleading someone, especially for one's own advantage. Right. So I'd put jawboning up there, too. I kind of like that term. Jawboning. Jawboning. Yeah. Yeah. When and that's the when the government kind of says, hey, maybe you want to fix this. <laughs> yeah, maybe you want to take down this bit of uh, information on your social media site there. Mm-hmm. Um, other things happened there in Italy. Obviously, new president, Israel, got ben- Benjamin Netanyahu back. South Korea got a new president. Obviously, Musk bought Twitter. Um, and, and Musk, by the way, is no longer the richest man in the world. He's been replaced by the boss of the uh, luxury firm. LVMH, you know, that firm that that's kind of conglomerate in the luxury market. They own Hermes and a bunch of other brands. Right. Well, that's He's, because the, the, the price of Tesla stock has gone it, down. Exactly. <laughs> um, Abe Shinzo, the Japanese prime minister, was assassinated, if you remember mm, yep. that. Salman Rushdie, Rushdie was attacked. The world's population surpassed 8 billion in just 12 years after it reached 7 billion. Um Interesting. And of course, the Oscar ceremony, the slap. Right. <laughs> and the biggest box office hit was Maverick, Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Proving a 60-year-old can get him into the theater if he's Seems wearing an aviator it, jacket. <laughs> and, and, and a movie and a movie that, ju- that doesn't have any kind of messaging. It just, it just was a fun movie. Right, right. <laughs> Patriotic and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I, I wanted to flip through some of the the, the other interesting words from Merriam-Webster as well, because oligarch is in there. I thought that mm-hmm. was the, this is their top words, and of course, Omicron. This is I, this one su- surprised me that this is up here. Codify, hmm. codify uh, had a had an increase from of one hundred and ninety three percent for the year twenty twenty two, and I guess that was based was based. Yep, that was b- based on the Supreme Court's Roe v. Wade decision. Oh. So, yep, so to to in to in, that that people were looking that at words. So you know, codify, which was was in, in, interesting. Um, and one of my my favorites because I didn't know what this word was until I looked at it. Lomi, Lomi, L O A M Y, Lomi. Wow, so, new to me. Yeah, so this is uh, consisting of loam. <laughs> All right, so what's loam? A soil consisting of f- a friable mixture of varying proportions of clay, silt, and st- sand. Don't know why this made it in there, but loamy. Hmm. There you go. So loamy. fascinating. Mm-hmm. But one of the th- interesting things is, and I, and I think we talked about this on a bonus episode, but they, there's also the, one of the prediction, predictions for the word of the year in 2023 um, and is Carolingian. Carolingian. I don't know if you remember, we talked about that. Cause, and, there, and you know what that means? Carolingian? I'm starting to vaguely remember that you brought this up. Yeah. So Carolingian is the, is the, is the way that we would describe the, the reign of of a Charles King. So, uh, so Elizabethan, so this is right. right? So, uh, Edwardian, um, you know, so, uh, so, but for Charles, it's not Charlesite or whatever. It's Carolingian because it goes back to the, the, the kind of the French word for Charlemagne, right? Right, So Carolingian is, is how we will describe this era of, of, uh, the, the kingship in the, in the UK. It's the Carolingian era. He's going to get sworn in in May. 
or coronated or whatever coronated they call it. Yeah. <laughs> in, in May. Coronated, sorry. Yeah, yeah. coronated in May. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. And there was a bunch of, uh, in November, there was a bunch of predictions. I mean, literally MIT technology review, the Atlantic wired, they all warned Twitter's going down. Remember? Mm-hmm. Twitter's going down. Twitter's going down. It's you know it's about to implode. Blah blah blah. It's still working, right? And Last just, I checked. Just, um, <laughs> and in fact, you know, Greg's tweeting, live tweeting the show, so it, it, you know, the, he'll let us know uh, if it goes down. <laughs> you know, they talked about a, a bunch of people showed up outside, you know, and claiming they were just fired engineers or whatever, and you know, with signs that said things like "I am replaceable." And it just made me think, you know, that famous De Gaulle line, the graveyards are full of irreplaceable men. Right. <laughs> it's kind of a brutal thing, but it's got some truth to it. It absolutely does have some truth to it. So, And good uh, thing. Well- <laughs> and let me just just finish this out before we go to our break. Uh, this this is a from a from a data is beautiful um, column that I have. I'll, uh, is the words that. Um, became less common in 2022 and there there's some that you could probably figure out right right off the top of your head vaccine pandemic mask covid uh are, are all and science were mm-hmm. all words that became less common in 2022 compared to 2021 uh oh amazon too and that's another one that was mm-hmm. related but curiously some of the other words uh taxes became less common in 2022. The word taxes de- decreased the, by, by um, 14%. In other words, uh, that, that were used online. Right, right. Right. Uh, China went down as well. Race went down. Uh, crypto went down. Moon and stock. The, so the, 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 the highest decrease to a word that was non-pandemic related was the, the, was the word stock. A reduction of 42% in usage compared one year to the next wow. just just a curiosity i don't know what that means but i thought that was interesting that is interesting so. all right well we're up against our break I want to remind you that you can contact ron or me by sending an email to ask tsoe at verisage.com of course the website is the soul of enterprise where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows on our first break, we'd like to remind you to rate this podcast. You can do that by going to ratethispodcast.com slash TSOE. But right now, a word from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for us at keyword voice America. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah 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 Whatever, and four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. 
These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Hey folks, Ed here. Ron is far too modest to tell you about his new book with Paul Dunn, so I'm just going to have to go ahead and do it. Scheduled to release on December 8th, Time's Up, the subscription business model for professional firms, is going to rock the world like the firm of the future did two decades ago. While you can't get the book until December, you can join the pre-order club by buying the book and sending us your receipt. Benefits start in August and will continue through February. For more details, visit thesoulofenterprise.com slash Time's Up. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're talking about 2022 year in review. And Ed, we lost some folks. Yep. Um, remember Hogan's Heroes? Yes. <laughs> Debuted in 65. Well, Robert Clary. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in fact, a lot of the, the cast were um, several Jewish escapees from Hitler's Europe. Yes. And Robert Clary, who played corporate LeBeau, was one of them. Um, his native France, of course, um, was taken over by the Nazis and his parents and 10 siblings perished in Auschwitz and he survived Buchenwald because he managed to sing songs to his fellow prisoners. And, uh, and of course, post-war he moved to America. Um, and I also did not know, and by the way, he died at 96, but he married Eddie Cantor's daughter. Ah, okay. Which I, which I did not know, but uh, yeah. So Corporal LeBeau, we lost him and a guy named Joseph Kittinger, Kittinger, who I didn't know anything about, but holy smoke, he was a record setter high in the skies. He died at 94. He soared in a balloon to 102,800 feet and 102,800 wow. feet and with a parachute plunged in a free fall for 16 miles, which helped them set the stage for manned space flight. He flew in the Vietnam War, 483 missions. He served in the Hanoi Hilton for 11 months. And in 1984, he made the first solo balloon flight across the Atlantic. Uh, just an amazing guy. I, I couldn't, I was reading his obits. Think, wow. He said, life is an adventure and I'm an adventurer. <laughs> there you, <laughs> you go. You just have to go for it. That's the American way. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two interesting folks. <clears throat> Um, I, you know, there's a, a bunch on, on my list that, that I, what well, we probably talked a little bit about, but, uh, Peter Bogdanovich, uh, the director, uh, and I actually went back and, and watched a movie that he, uh, finished up for, um, uh, Orson Welles, the, the, the mm. movie, uh, and it, it, it was interesting to see it, it was not near as good as the other Orson Welles stuff that I watched. Um, something down the wind, something is that was the name of it, but, but meatloaf, meatloaf, Ron, yep. you know, uh, 
And uh, two interesting ones from both our childhoods, I'm sure, uh, 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 Emilio Delgado and uh, Bob McAfee, both from Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sad, sad, sad to see them them go as well. But those the, those are the ones that you know kind of jumped into to, to my list as oh probably should take a take a look at them. But so many so many people, Vin Scully, of course, uh, from baseball fame, uh, and David McCullough, who you know I've always loved his his work as well. Yeah, big fan of his. Ken Starr passed away at 76. Um, you know, just reading that, I was thinking back to Steven Landsberg, prior guest on TSOE Economist, and he said, mm-hmm. you know, the Starr report during the Clinton years cost us about 40 million bucks, they estimate. He said, was it worth it? And he said, are you kidding? That was a bargain, 15 cents per American for this level of entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who, which then of course goes into a, you know, a guy we did a show on PJ O'Rourke as as well. So absolutely PJ, what can you say about PJ? Um, boy, we did a whole show on him and I don't think we did him justice. His work, uh, it's going to live for a long time. Um, Mikhail Gorbachev passed away at 91. Um, you know, a lot of people would say that, uh, he was the fool who brought about the collapse of the Soviet union and made no money out of it. <laughs> um, but what, what was really interesting is, you know, he, he didn't intend to obviously, you know, he wanted to reform the system. He mm-hmm. was still a true believer. And then his, in, and when his wife Reza was diagnosed with leukemia, he accompanied her to a German clinic to hold her, to hold her, you know, mm-hmm. and it just made me think why is it that every time these guys get sick in these countries, like in Cuba, they never go to Cuba or a socialist country They end up going to some Western country to get medical care. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pele, of course, uh, that, and this is recent. I think we had a lot of things stacked up near the end of the year uh, yes. in addition to the queen. And then the one that I wanted to mention, cause I, I, there's an interesting factoid that I came across that's related to this. Barbara Walters, of course, passed mm-hmm. away and, I did not realize this, but just a great example of, you know, history isn't is more recent than we think. I'd, let's, I'd put it under that headline. But Barbara Walters, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and Anne Frank were all born in 1929. Amazing to think about that. That's it wild. Is. It is wild. <laughs> Talk about a spanning of the. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And even hard to process. Um Here's one that I, I really liked, uh, 1943, Woody Williams enlisted in the Marine Corps, the son of a West Virginia dairy farmer. He saw ferocious combat on Guam. And then in February 44, Iwo Jima, he was the last surviving American to have been awarded the Medal of Honor for, for service in the Second World War. Wow. It was 98. So okay. he served on Guam and Iwo Jima. Wow. Iwo Jima was, you talk about a battle. I forget right. the casualty stats, but they were unbelievable. Yeah. Very high. Yeah. So very high. So uh, when, whenever I, we prepare for this, I, you know, you flip through all of the different stories on it. And there's always one or two people that I c- scroll across. I go, oh, I don't remember that this person died. <laughs> yes. like, and the, that one for me this year was Gilbert Gottfried. When I, I was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And he was young, right? I mean. Yeah. 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 And, and once I saw it, it was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. But there's always like one or two people that I'm just like, oh, I forgot about that guy, you know, or whatever. So. 
Yeah, the G- general uh, Charles McGee. Um, he was the one of America's a survivor of America's first all black aviation unit. These were the Red Tails, you know, mm-hmm. Tusk- Tuskegee um, train is Tuskegee. Thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, he flew 409 combat missions and uh, in, in World War in Second World War, Korea and Vietnam. And uh, he enlisted in 1942. Roosevelt had just declared uh, the creation of this new black aviation unit, which wasn't well received by anybody in the military, by the way. But these guys ended up uh, escorting B-17 bombers and uh, they destroyed more than 250 enemy aircraft, 600 rail cars, bunch of other stuff. And they only lost, um, you know, 27 bombers. Um they were amazing. There's a great documentary, and I think it's the History Channel on these guys, and and they were just absolutely amazing. And I just love their motto, Ed: "Rise above adversity." Mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. This is a great story. I had a, a high school professor, or I guess teacher, is in high school, right? They're not professors quite yet, uh, who went on and wrote a book about Tuskegee Airmen. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. And of course, yeah. Madeline Albright, uh, Albright, sorry, uh, America's first woman secretary of state, born in Prague. Her family fled Nazism and communism. Wow. Talk about a double dose. Um, yeah, really? She thought her family was Catholic, but it was only after she became secretary of state that she learned she was born Jewish and lost three of her grandparents in the Holocaust. This was funny too. remember she served in the uh, in the U.N. and mm-hmm. she used to wear those brooches. And that was actually a signaling device on happy days. She wore flowers and butterflies and balloons on bad days. She wore crabs and carnivores. <laughs> what a great, maybe we should do that in total. You know, that that's yeah. a great signaling device when you have yeah. a good or bad day, you know, depends on what, what you're wearing. Uh, yeah. It could work. It could work. Well, um, uh, the only Go other ahead. one that I wanted to mention was uh, because we were, well, I'm, I'm a b- big fan of this guy and, of course, the, his, the, his last big show that he was in, which was Mad Men, and that is Robert Morse, the Broadway star. Um, of course, I remember him for the, the movie uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying and, of course, the Broadway show. But uh, uh, Robert, so Robert Morse, yep. Was that the guy who played cooper uh, yes. one of the, yep. right? yeah, yeah. The, the, with the big office with cooper. the japanese yep. art yeah 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 yep yeah yeah no he was he was he was great in that that he was a good character yeah he was a, he was a good character um sydney port portier died 94 mm-hmm. los angeles uh great actor what, yeah absolutely raising the sun is a great movie and then this guy ed mario uh, mario uh, Toron Salazar, the Bolivian soldier who killed Che Guevara. Ah, okay. Died on March 10th, age 80. I had no idea about this guy, but you know, um, he, he, he denied it basically all of his life, but he couldn't do it. He kept running out of the room. He was supposed to execute him with a, you know, with a pistol. Mm-hmm. And I guess, uh, Guevara told him, you know, calm down and aim well, you're going to kill a man. <laughs> So thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, but PJ, that I, yeah, that, that I remember that that was that was in February too. I think it was pretty. Yeah, early. it was it was it was back a little bit away. So, but yeah. uh, 
Well, let's let's leave it there, our in memoriam for the year, and we'll uh, come back on, on a happier note in our next segment. But we want to remind you that you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is The Soul of Enterprise. We have our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash TSOE, which is sponsored by 90 Minds. If you need a mind, get find a mind at 90minds.com. And of course, at a certain level, you can get a shout out like Mark Gandy did at CFO Bookshelf. Uh, see the CFO Bookshelf podcast at cfobookshelf.com. And now a word from our sponsors. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are back on the Soul of Enterprise with our 2022 The Year in Review show and wrapping up the year in review. Speaking of reviews, on the December 21st, we got our last review of the year. It's a five-star review from, and I guess this is not his or her real name, I Value the Unique Angle. I'm pretty sure that's not this <laughs> person's real name. But they, the, this person is from Austria. So thank you for that review. And I'll, as is our custom, I will read it out to you. I really enjoy your podcast, The Soul of Enterprise, Business and the Knowledge Economy. And I would like to recommend it to anyone interested in the insight that wealth is created by intellectual capital, a product of the inexhaustible human spirit. I just listened to the episode with Andrew Studdiford, who edits National Review's Capital Matters, which focuses on financial and economic coverage. Thank you for the invaluable takeaways. Well, thank you. I value the unique angle. And if you are so inclined and you hear us read this review, please let us know uh, your name. We're happy to mention you if you want on the show at a future show. So send us an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. And just a reminder to those of you who are listener, long time listeners to the show, please go out and give us a review, especially just a quick five-star rating. Most important thing there is it really helps other people find the show. And you can do that, of course, at ratethispodcast.com slash 
TSOE. Um, Ron, I, there's a couple more things that, that I wanted to talk about, but but there's one tradition that we have to go through, uh, and that is our top five shows, top five shows uh, from, okay. from the previous year. And it, it, now you certainly, we, we in the past, we've done it different ways. You've given me your top five, and I always come back with, you know, some actual data. Well, in keeping with this show's theme, um, I've, I, I looked at the data three different ways, and of course, it's three different lists. So it's mm. all, it's it's all a question of you know what data are you looking at is really really what we have. Right, right. So the the first thing that I want want to talk about is our our top five released in 2020 according to Chartable. Now a couple caveats on this: we didn't start up the Chartable official tracking until October, so this is only showing a quarter's worth of data. But it, it, I think it's probably the best, most accurate data compared to some of the stuff that we get from other places in terms of listens. So here, here's the, the, the top five shows in reverse order. Number five, number 388, The Problem with CPE. Number four was The Best Books of 2021, show 373. We also had the number, number three show, Subscription Economy Update in February of 2022. That was th- show 378. The number two show on David Meister's book, True Professionalism, which made my ha- heart happy because I know that was a show that you did, were reluctant to do till I kind of pushed it. So I was happy about that one. And the top show, according to Chartable, is our fifth interview with Father Sirico, show 395. So pretty, pretty pleased about that. Next up, uh, in, in reverse order, I'll do these a little bit quicker. And, and Greg, I'll get this out to you. So if you, you know, just we just want to uh, do one, one, the top one at a time, you can do this as well. Don't try to get all of them in there. But uh, this is according to Squarespace, the top five show released in 2022. Again, these shows released in 2022. Number five is the interview with Gail Pooley, Superabundance. The subscription economy update, the aforementioned book, and number three was on David Meister's book, True Professionalism. So the, both of those show up in both places. So I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that that one. But number two show, according to Squarespace, was tackling objections to the subscription pricing model. Show four hundred, and the number one show, according uh, released in 2022, according to Squarespace, our interview with Brian Terrell. So I'm pretty pleased about that. And then last, the last top five that I want to do is the top five most listened to shows, according to Squarespace, regardless of when they were released, regardless of when they released. So only one show, the interview with Brian Terrell, is on this top five that was listened to in 2022. And that is, that's, a, that's the number two show in 2022. But in, in reverse order again, 175, Laws of Systems Thinking, fifth most listened to show in 2022, regardless of release date. Number Show number 217, The Subscription Business Model. Show number 64 came in at number three, Famous Last Words. And again, it, number two is the interview with Brian. And the number one show for the second year in a row, number one listen to show according to Squarespace in 2022, show 61 pricing on purpose, price sensitivity factors. Wow. Wow. You, you would not predict that in a million years. No. You know? <laughs> um, I didn't do a top five, Ed, so let me hear yours if you did one. Oh, no, but that, I, my top five was always based on data. So I just. Uh, the, the, oh, you know. okay. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
but certainly the one of the highlights was obviously Father Sirico in his book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. Uh, for me, Mary and Tupi and, and Gail and Gail Cooley. Yep, for their book Superabundance, which uh, I think you'll hear more about next week. Possible, uh, it's possible obviously, that we might talk very, about that next yeah, week. Yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and and there were a couple others that I, a couple of other interviews that I thought were really interesting. Um, I, I just love the fact that we had on Kurt Vonnegut's son. I mean, that yeah. was, you know, <laughs> when do you, when do you get to do that? Well, and, and, and was it in this year that I, I have to look if did we did the show on the Vonnegut story, uh, Harrison Bergeron? I think that was 2022 as well, wasn't it? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah we did do, we did do that. Didn't we? Um, and we keep threatening to do animal farm and we got to get that up because yeah. I do, I do want to do that. I think that would be a, a fun show to do. Nope. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go, Ron. There's that my, my top five round it, round it out. Well, Ed, as we've been talking about FTX and SBF, you know, Sam Bankman freed for a long time, but, uh, finally after he was arrested, <laughs> Andrew McCarthy, uh, came out, who's an attorney writes for national review he um, listed the uh, charges against him and what that could mean in terms of sentencing. Mm-hmm. So he, this, this is what this guy's facing. And boy, I'll tell you, it's brutal. Uh, so there's two, there's two types of categories that a, a judge will look at to determine sentence if, if he's found guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll look at offense factors, you know, the type of crime involved, and they'll look at his criminal history. And then they assign points for various things. And I don't want to go through all the details because it gets really, really uh, screwy. But basically, he's looking at somewhere between 292 and 365 months, which is potentially over 30 years. And it could even go higher. It could go to 324 to 405 months, depending on how some of the points play out. Mm. There's some judicial discretion on this, but they don't. Technically, they don't like to use it. Um, they'll they'll pretty much go by the the. These are federal guidelines that they're looking at, and um, wow, he, he this is this is some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is serious stuff, and as well as it should be. I mean, but here's the thing, the, and, and we have done numerous shows on on this. He's guilty of fraud. Like right. what? We don't need more laws. Right. Or, no, regulations. Regulations. We, what are we going to do? Make make a regulation that says, oh, fraud's really, really, really bad. No, 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 no. Don't do it. I, I mean, I just don't understand. But yeah. And then, of course, this gets to the whole Section 230. And should should we repeal or, or um, annotate that or make adjustments to it? And I'm, I, I keep coming down on the side of no. I mean, no matter how many times I talk about this with people and they're, they're like, well, but what they did was wrong. Yeah, you're right. What they did was wrong. Fine. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. But your solution is worse. What's your solution to put the government in charge? Because then you get then then you're end up with a ministry of truth. And right. I don't think that's a good idea. And boy, the regulators that, that do look at this, boy, did they fall asleep at the wheel? Talk about mm-hmm. a watchdog that didn't bark. You know? Right. So, yeah. But- I, I still don't understand exactly what he was doing. It had something something to do with him leveraging what assets of of uh, of one company against another and, and coins he created. Yeah, Somebody created. made the analogy, and I thought this was pretty good. It would be like a bank using as collateral uh-huh. its own stock. Okay, 
That that's that's a pretty that good analogy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's interesting. Okay. Because then, then when there's a run on the bank, the stock's going to crash, and you know you're done. Mm-hmm. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Um, well, I, I I've got this one that I, I came across with Pew Research, and I'm not going to read all of these, but this is this is a the the the, the top 15 striking findings from 2022. Um, and just to give you a flavor for what this is, the, the, the last one, the number 15 one, which is, I think this is the, this is in reverse order, um, that there are only four countries in the world that see where the majority of the nation see social media as a bad thing. So the four mm-hmm. countries are Australia, France, Netherlands, and the US. In all other major democracies serve 19 different economies. They all, they all see social media overall is in the, the majority as a good thing. That's interesting. So, yeah. Huh. yeah. Maybe that's because we already have too much democracy. Well, and too many, yeah. Like, you know, yep. You know, including Poland, Singapore, Hungary, Japan, Israel, Malaysia, Sweden, South Korea, Spain, Greece, Italy, Germany, Belgium, Canada. Hmm. Fascinating. So, yeah, so in, interesting stuff. Um, but the, and so the, the, and you can take a look at 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 uh, at all of these. But and this and this, I can vouch for this one. Number twelve is nearly half of U.S. teens now say that they use the internet almost constantly. Mm. <laughs> I can say yes, that's true. Having two teenagers, Boy. I can say they, they absolutely do uh, use it constantly. Um, and there's stuff here on Russia and TikTok and all that. But now just scrolling up to the, the number one, uh, which is today, roughly four in 10 Americans say none, uh, say none of their purchases in a typical week are paid for in cash. Hmm. Four in 10 Americans say none of their now. I, and I'm one of the I don't carry cash at all. I do not carry right. cash. Uh, and I've actually stopped feeling guilty about it. Like when, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a the tip place at, for, for say my valet, like, unless you got a Venmo, you're not getting a tip from me. If you got a Venmo or something, I'm happy to send you a tip, but right, right. sorry, don't carry cash anymore. You got to figure this out and they've got to figure this out. They do. I, and you know, it's funny. I was just in target. And when you go to the self checkout, uh-huh. um, only some of them take cash. Yeah, there'll be one out of four or something. You know, the rest are just debit card or credit card only. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So you still carry cash, though. I know when we travel together, you, yeah. you, you, you still you still guy. carry cash. I'm like, nope, not going to do it. Yeah, Mm-mm. I just don't want to be like Bill Clinton or JFK. Ed. They never carried cash. Oh, well, why not? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody around them pay for stuff. You know, <laughs> well, I pay for stuff. I just do use a credit card. <laughs> <Too great>. You know. <laughs> Including, by the way, and I, I, I actually s- didn't know about this when I first tr- was traveling, and then started doing it. Tipping uh, the the people who clean your room at hotels. Yes, yes, the maid. Yep. Like I, I ne- didn't do that. that I, like I didn't even know that was a thing until I read it. Then I started doing it. Now I'm like, no, I don't do that. Leave a vet, leave, leave, leave a QR code. Then I'll tip you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did it sporadically, but uh, yeah, it was, it was never an ingrained habit. Like you tip the, you know, the bellman or something. Right. Uh, right. So anyway, Ron, we're up against our last break. Want to remind those of you listening that you can get a hold of either of us by sending one email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is 
thesoulofenterprise.com. Show notes, previews to upcoming shows, and the like. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! Hey folks, Ed here. Ron is far too modest to tell you about his new book with Paul Dunn, so I'm just going to have to go ahead and do it. Scheduled to release on December 8th, Time's Up, the subscription business model for professional firms, is going to rock the world like the firm of the future did two decades ago. While you can't get the book until December, you can join the pre-order club by buying the book and sending us your receipt. Benefits start in August and will continue through February. For more details, visit thesoulofenterprise.com slash time's up. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about 2022 in review. And Ed, finally, a big mystery. We finally have seen Trump's tax returns. How yeah. long has this been? I'm so bored of this story. Um, but so <laughs> I was waiting with bated breath on it, Ron. You know, as soon as they were released, I got my, you know, the, my, my Google News alert went off and I downloaded and, it, and you know, poured over every detail of oh, all of those geez. tax returns. Well, luckily, we don't have to because Ryan Ellis and National Review did it for us. Now, I believe this guy is some type of tax preparer. I think he's either an EA or a CPA, but he poured through every single return, all six, I guess it was six years or something. He said in aggregate, so I'm just going to give you the aggregate of the six years. In aggregate, Trump had a negative AGI, adjusted gross income of $52 million. Some years, obviously more, some less, blah, 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 but in aggregate and a total tax bill of $4.4 million. So okay. he said, basically, there's nothing to see here. This guy had a big carry forward loss, you know. Well, that's what he, he lost a billion dollars at yeah. one, one point, right? And, and, and yep. you know, I don't know. 
and was that had to do with the airline i thought right it, it, it could have been his casinos and maybe the casino. airline he was the wasn't casino. he involved in uh the canadian football league i i don't know if those all were bunched in one year but usfl um, no he was involved in the usfl, USFL. okay okay that's because yeah. that was his tie to herschel herschel walker yeah yeah i know that the airline was a big bust and and that was because he he tried to do the whole thing for his class tried to fly yeah. the plane with 100% and that doesn't work. Right. And you it know, was a shuttle. It was a sh- it, the shuttle from from I think Washington, right? Washington and New York. I mean, I know I know people like Rory say that, you know, a lot of socialism going on there with the airlines, you know, the first class subsidizing the re- but Ed, from an economic standpoint just to be clear, it's the other way around. It's it's the coach passenger subsidizing the first class and and here's why I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but here's why Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to fly a plane big enough to devote room to first class mm-hmm. if it wasn't for all the cattle car in the back. Right. And that's and really the sheer where, number of people it, in the back. Yes, right. Yeah. Are, are subsidizing the business in first class seats. Um, they're, they're allowing their existence. So it's, it is a form of cross subsidy, but it kind of works in the other way when you really think about it. Yeah. No, it's it, it took me a while to, to learn that. I had to you have to dive into some aviation economics to, to, to learn that, but it's pretty interesting anyway. Yeah. But that's why so, his airline failed. Right. So, but, but again, so the rule on this is because I'm not an accountant, don't play one on TV, that, that when you have this loss, you can, you can, you can carry forward that loss and reduce your tax burden in future years, right? Yeah, and is there a certain number of period, the t- time period that that's valid for or something like that? Yes, I think it, I think it used to be fifteen. I'm not sure where it is today. It's ten or fifteen. I'm sure. Gotcha. It, uh, so yeah, it, and and you know you wouldn't want a tax code that didn't allow you to carry forward a loss. That would be very penalizing to people who take risk. Mm-hmm. We we want to encourage risk taking. We want to encourage entrepreneurship. That's where you get a dynamic economy. So yeah. kind of like the bankruptcy laws, you want to be able to you know let people write that off. In fact, I think we should bring back income averaging. Um, hmm. that the scenario where, you know, you used to be able to average five years of AGI mm-hmm. to pay a tax because in one year you might sell your house, you might sell your business. You might have this incredible spike in income that, mm-hmm. ne- that you'll never see again. Right. So they'd let you average it over five years. And I always thought that was a really smart thing to do, even though, yes, it adds complexity. I mean, I'd like to simplify the tax code. Don't get me wrong, but if it, 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 short of that, then I, I would be for bringing back income averaging too. Hmm. Well, I, you know, I want to go to, and I know all taxes are ultimately income tax, but I think it should be at the point of consumption, and then it's you don't yeah. have to worry about it. And it's right, <laughs> right, right. You know, make as much money as you want. If you spend it, you're going to be taxed. And right. you know, I, I but thought about this. There's, I'll, I'll even make a slight libertarian case for taxation and i know you i'm a big you know taxation is theft guy but i'm going to make a slight the libertarian case for why this makes sense and it has to do with the what what, what's going to happen with bitcoin once bitcoin i think in 2140 is Mm. is is, there's no there's no more having right is maxed out well they're going to switch to transaction fees Mm-hmm. So there'll be a, a certain percent of the of the, whenever you write the block that you're going to get Bitcoin fr- and a transaction fee that's charged across aggregate across the block if Bitcoin makes it that far. But that's that. So I thought about this. I said, well, in theory, what you could say is, well, if you've used Federal Reserve notes, i.e., U.S. dollars, 
and you ha- you use it and you make a transaction in U.S. dollars, then we're going to charge you a transaction fee, which is five percent or ten percent or whatever that is. That's the transaction fee for the for using the currency. Mm-hmm. Now, this would also presuppose that you would have the ability to switch currencies if you wanted and move to something like Bitcoin or some other currency that we would have where we would have competing currencies. And but but there would have to be some kind of a transaction fee to maintain the the the, the currency itself, right? Mm-hmm. So makes sense that this is how you would would uh, would do it. So that's the the libertarian case for transaction fees on using Federal Reserve notes. To be truly libertarian though, you would need to expand out and allow competing currencies as well. So, there you go. Interesting. All right, Ed, well, I hate to bring this up, but I wanna say thank you to everybody who uh, joined the pre-order club. Mm. There's another event that happened this year is I did publish a book. I hate talking about it, but it's out there. Um, And I'll just say, big thank you to you and Greg for all your hard work, putting it up on the website and tracking all that and scheduling all the events. I mean, it was a major ordeal. Um, And I'm proud to say that, boy, the book has done really well, way beyond expectations. And that's because of uh, everybody who joined the pre-order club. Thanks for you who have emailed me, hit me up on social media everybody's, uh, you know, posting every now and then you see a post about it. Uh, didn't Dimitri have a picture of it in Jerusalem, which I thought yes. was pretty cool. <laughs> um, the new Testament arrives in Jerusalem, I believe was the, the, <laughs> so, you know, the publisher gave me a, a, a sales goal for the first 12 uh-huh. months of the book and we were already 44% there. Oh, that's great. So, so that just means the quota is going to go up. But Right, of course, so because you can't actually make the quota. That's just, right. <laughs> we, yeah, can't, you, we can't have that. Have I know how these goal, quotas right? things run. That's right. I know how these quota things work. It's like, well, oh, oh we're getting near the quota. Oh, let's increase the quota. That's, uh, yeah, okay. But so. uh, yeah, and it's specifically 141 people. Uh, join the pre-order club, Ron. And then, of course, we did have, uh, an, I guess, another uh, dozen or so, uh, two dozen, almost two dozen people that were complimentary because of their membership in our Patreon. Uh, mm, we, did, right. we, did, we did, of course, uh, include the people at the top level uh, in, the, in the pre-order club as well. So all, all told, you're talking about 160-something people who were part of that. Uh, there's, there is going to be some more about, about that book. We're just not going to let uh, anybody else join the pre-order club anymore, but we will have something for people after the month of February where people will be able to join and get some stuff that's and some goodies that are similar to what the pre-order club was. But the pre-order club is still going to get, you know, some, some, some special things and special things only. So that's, uh, and I'm looking forward to the next virtual event. Hopefully we'll get Paul done this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did, I did correspond with Paul. He, he's, he was at a retreat in Thailand. It's a place of course where he was. Uh, of course the, he was. It, it was well, <laughs> but it was, but it it's like a, it's where the Olympic teams go to train. It was not. It wasn't a R and R retreat. It was like it, it's an activity camp. Oh, it, they do five k runs in the morning, and they, they do tennis. You know, um, what do they call it? Tennis club or um, you know, tennis um, where you're being coached. Oh, okay. Um, it, um, and uh, yeah, he's having a ball, um, but he says it's he plops down in bed at night and passes out. Okay. <laughs> well, 
All right. Well, hopefully we'll be able to get him. Well, Ron, this is a fun recap of 2022, the year in review. What do we got coming up next week? Next week, Ed, we're going to talk about our best books of 2022. So that'll be fun. All right. Well, I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the soul of enterprise business in the knowledge economy sponsored by Sage building experiences that connect, remove friction and deliver insights. Join us next week on Friday at 3 PM Eastern. That's noon Pacific. In the meantime, please feel free to visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America.